Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast podcast for the week of December 11th, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. I'm your co host, Chris. And uh, we have a test of time this week. Uh, I managed to see Godzilla minus one, so I'll dive into that later on in show and tell. We got a bunch of other stuff, I'm sure. We also both also watched Home Alone 3 for our latest Everything Action Commentary that's coming up uh, just in time for Christmas, so we'll talk about that later on as well. But uh, unfortunately, we have to kick things off this week with some extremely sad news. Uh, Andre Brower passed away at age 61. Just Surprise. Yeah, I guess he had, he had some sort of like short, but like, you know, sort of short, short illness, battle with illness and it didn't work out. Um, I feel this is this this hit this hit like same as like uh, when like Lance Reddick passed away earlier this year. We're just like, oh, man, so, so, so good. So awesome. And just all of a sudden they're gone now. And just when they become more, you know on the, the tip of everyone's mind and they're more quotable and I don't know, like there's still a bunch of like memes and stuff from Captain Holt, even though Brooklyn Nine Nine ended like two years ago. Like it Yeah, he, that I, show had momentum. Captain Holt is gonna go down forever as like one of the greatest T V characters of all time. So it, it's very strange that to think that he's just gone now. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's played a very diverse array of characters that are basically a stern figure. And well, the, either he's very funny or very scary. Well, that was, I mean, that was a, this incredible thing about Audrey Brower was like, he could be in the most serious, like, dramatic thing ever, but then also flip around and be like, in like the goofiest, and then be like the goofiest part of like the goofiest thing. Like, Brooklyn, like, he, Every episode of Brooklyn Nine, there's always at least one great like Captain Holt joke that like Andrew Brower just delivered with like it was always deadpan, but like it was just like the perfect, just like hilarious deadpan. And then, but then also he was in like you know Homicide Life on the Streets like back in the day. That was like a super dramatic, serious show. Like he was one of the main characters in that show for a hundred episodes. I also, I also definitely remember him. Uh, he was one of the, like he was in the Mists. And I think he I can't was? remember. If, yeah, he was. I mean, he was one of the townsfolk that was trapped in the supermarket. And I, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen, seen the mist, but I think he was either he either like left in like there's a because there's a group that like left and just like wandered off into the mist, and then they got rescued. And then, but then there's also like a group that like like a bunch of people got like snatched up by uh you know giants, weird interdimensional spider monsters and stuff. So I, I think I think he was one of the ones that like, was like I'm I'm out of here. Like I'll take my chance in the mist, and then just like left. <laughs> And then another another thing I definitely remember him see, see, before I saw before I saw him in Brooklyn Nine Nine like the one thing I remember him seeing him in was uh there was this weird show called Last Resort did you ever did you ever see this or hear about this Chris is that the one with the ship so this was a Sean Ryan show so, so the guy who made the Shield uh this was one of his uh it was an ABC show and yeah it was Andre Brower was the captain of a like nuclear submarine. Yeah, and then yeah, there was like, I, I watched bits of this. Yeah, and then there was like a 
some sort of weird like i think i think there was a conspiracy that i think they would, would have gotten into if they had lasted more than one season but some sort of like cabal or evil cabal and like the u.s government was like trying to like take over or like uh start a war with like pakistan or something so they were like it was, it was kind of crimson, it was very like crimson tide-esque where like they were telling, they were getting told to like launch nuclear missiles and they were like we're not gonna do this without like proper orders or no no the, um no no it, it it got crazy it had two seasons I think I think, second, I think I think the second season it? it was it was one it was one season of like thirteen episodes. Was it? Yeah. I remember basically America went crazy, and then they decided to just travel the sea, and because they had a nuclear uh, cruiser you, that can basically make their own water and stuff. Are you thinking of Last Ship? I'm thinking of Last Ship. Because <laughs> because Last Ship Last Ship came out afterwards, and that was kind of like the. Oh, this is this one is like it like kind of makes more sense. It is like <laughs> doing what Last Resort tried to do. Okay, I I think it, yeah, I, it, the fact that it's called Last Resort and then Last, Last Ship, Ship may yeah, I'm confusing the crap out of the two. La- Last Resort was they, they they basically took over like a Pacific island or like a like a Caribbean island, and then they were like operating out of there and trying to figure out what was going on. And then, but then, like the U.S. government was like, or like whatever the cabal in the U.S. government was, that were just like trying to like take them out. And then Andre was like launching nuclear missiles at them, like threatening them with like nuclear missiles, like in a very like Ed Harris in like the Rock kind of situation where like he launched a missile, but then like stopped at the last minute, and he's like, "Don't mess with us again." Yeah, I'm definitely thinking of like a couple different shows that I'm inserting him into. <laughs> Yeah, le- yeah. Last ship was like the, the first season was was the uh, like there was there was like the global pandemic, and then afterwards it kind of became just like a post apocalyptic military action show. But yeah, Andre Bauer, lots, lots of tons of great performances across like TV shows and movies. Obviously, Brooklyn Nine is going to be probably his like enduring legacy. But yeah, our RIP to uh, def- def- definitely a goat. <laughs> could do a, could do a comedy drama like exceptionally well. E- Emmy Emmy Award winner multiple times. H- huge huge loss to the world entertainment. So uh, moving on, we got a couple of trailers diving into this week, and we got the first trailer for Beverly Hills Cop Axel F the fourth movie in the Beverly Hills Cop series, 30 years after Beverly Hills Cop 3, uh, Eddie Murphy's back as Axel Foley. And uh, on Netflix now, uh, this is a Netflix original movie it's gonna be, that's coming out next summer. And uh, Axel has to go to Beverly Hills again. <laughs> um, I believe because like, one, one of his old friends or one of his old confidants dies and he's, he heads to Beverly Hills and then he gets... A, roped into this there's like a, a bunch of corrupt Beverly Hills cops that are like doing shady stuff and then Axel like kind of it's like roped into like trying to stop them or figure out what's going on with them from the trailer it seems clearly Kevin Bacon is like the leader of the corrupt cops is he a cop I feel like he is because like he has that conversation like he and like Axel have that conversation about like oh like we're not lives on the line for what and it's like <laughs> I don't know if he was a cop because it makes it seem like Kevin Bacon was more of a greedy businessman now. 
maybe he was a former cop or something, or maybe, but or maybe maybe he like he, maybe he yeah maybe he's not a cop anymore, but he has like like crip cops working for him or something. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah. like a criminal kingpin or something. It's not as obvious as this is this crooked cop, and then he's got other crooked cops because it's like too many of them, and they're way too organized for a precinct to be asking where are all these guys. Like suddenly, why is Beverly Hills just a breeding ground for crooked cops? It's it's become like was that was that like the rampart like uh, scandal? That, that was like that was like there was it was like that it was like a L.A. like. Uh, police scandal like the ramp like it was like the rampart uh station or something there's there's like a movie with like i think woody harrelson was in it but that was that, it was like this huge like there was like so, like tons and tons of like cops that were all like corrupt and you know doing like just I mean, there, there was an inner ga- gang and a cop thing that they all have these like tattoos that symbolize that they're in like inducted and it, it was like based on a real life la cop like thing i don't know if it was in just to one precinct but yeah, they don't talk about that anymore. It's something that, like, in a way, in other movies in the 80s, this would have been the, the crash unit or, like, the whatever that was in Cobra. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the yeah. zombie unit. And there was also, there's also, um, we, I, was it this year? I think it was last year. There was, like, that um, We Own the City, um, like, the John Bernthal show about, the like, there was the Baltimore Oh, yeah, the Baltimore. Task Force. That was another thing. Yeah. That was another, like, cor- every, basically 80% of that team was corrupt, and they were doing, I don't know, Everything. they were doing crazy, yeah, like, they were enforcing the law, making their own laws up, and then extorting. I think their big thing was extorting, because then they were pitting gangs against each other. And they were also, uh, t- whatever, all the drugs they, like, um, confiscated, they basically sold all of it, and then and t- took all the money. So you still haven't seen Reptile yet, right? No, I haven't seen that yet. It's just that. It's just take the whole copy-paste over and over again. It's the story that we keep telling about cops. Yeah. I don't I don't know if uh, Beverly Hills Cop Axel F is going to get that you know, dramatic and serious about you know, police corruption or anything. But if, if suddenly there are snake scales and <laughs> a lot of metaphors about washing hands, I will turn it off. Mm. I'll be. You can't trick me again, Netflix. But I like it. I um, I also considered Eddie Murphy's movie Metro a Beverly Hills Cop movie. So mm-hmm. this is the fifth movie for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen uh, Metro? I I try to think if I have. I don't. I don't think I have. Uh, you basically have if you've seen the first three <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop movies. It's just now he's a New York cop. And he's training Michael Rupert. Michael yeah, is the newcomer officer to his department, and he's training him how to deal with New York criminals. He's mentoring, but it's it's pretty much the same concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this is fine. the The fact that Eddie Murphy just he looks like you know he's in, he's in good shape. He he doesn't look that old. Like, you know, in My Name is Dolomite, he looked way older, but now he looks kind of what Axel Foley would have looked now in his, like, 50s. And he, um, yeah, this is, this is like, a great return. I, I don't like the fact that this took him this long for a sequel, <laughs> mm-hmm. 20-something years later. Well, it's been a, it's been like a crazy... That. 
it's been a crazy road because they were talking about like oh, yeah. the show, and then it was gonna be the, like, and he was gonna be like the, the chief, of, and then his son was gonna be yeah. like the star, and then oh, like it was a CBS so show that that got went all way, and then there was like I think there was I another was Fox show too. There's been there's been like like multiple kind of like how are we gonna how are we gonna bring back Beverly Hills Cop like stuff going on. I would love a documentary, like a mini documentary, about how this movie finally got out the door. Mm-hmm. I feel like this script has just been edited, recompiled, taken from nine different movies, and then some executive at Netflix probably was just saying how crazy it was to own this, and then they did. Like this doesn't feel like a Netflix flavor. I feel like Netflix was just the highest or lowest bidder. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no, like, I feel like Amazon just was sank so much money buying Lord of the Rings that they just could not buy the uh, Beverly Hills brand. Yeah, there's a there's a crazy kind of like tragic twist with like the directors because the guys who directed uh, Bad Boys for Life were originally signed on to direct this movie, and then they had to bail out because of Batgirl. <laughs> oh, that's sad. And, and so they're like, "Well, we can't do this movie anymore. We're working on a Batgirl movie that's surely going to come out in, in theater. Like, <laughs> boost our careers." Yeah. So actually, director the director is uh, Mark Malloy, who is like an Australian commercial director. I believe this is like his feature film debut. He's only directed, uh, he's directed like stuff for Apple and like some other companies, but he hasn't directed like a full movie until now. So we'll see how that goes. And we we mentioned Kevin Bacon, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt also is also co-starring, uh, Mark Pellegrino, uh, Bronson Pinchot, Paul Reiser, Judge Reinhold, and John Ashton all back from the original trilogy. I do like that. I do enjoy that they do have more of the original cast. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's summer 2024. There's no definite date yet. I'm sure hopefully we'll get that soon. It's it's just sometime in the summer next year we're getting a return of Axel Foley and then we also uh, got the first trailer for one of A24's big uh, movies next year Civil War which is the new movie from Alex Garland who has brought us you know Ex Machina Annihilation Men Devs and Civil War is basically like what you get from the title. There's a it's a modern civil war in America, and Nick Offerman is the president, and he apparently ordered like you know bo- like <laughs> civilian to be get bombed. And there's like a there's different factions. There's like the Western Alliance, which is like California and Texas, and uh, which is, which is like a really bizarre pairing. Like they like what? Why would they <laughs> like kind of like form an alliance? Yeah. Normally, Texas and California don't like each other. Yeah. Well, they put I, their difference for, I don't know, oil? Yeah. I think there's, there's a scene, it's, it's kind of hard to see, I'm sure they'll probably get into it in the actual, when you, the actual movie comes out, but there's a scene in the trailer where you kind of see a map of, like, maybe what the factions are, and it's like, a lot of the, nor- like, it's like the northern, like, there's like, this like, different colored borderlines, and it's like, kind of like the middle chunk of this, the country is, like, going across from, like, the, like, northeast to like to the california border is like one faction and then like everything like kind of north dakota south dakota michigan like that the northern north north central area of the country is also another faction i'm fine with that i don't go there and then the main and then the movie is following a group like uh 
there's a group of like journalists like uh like Kirsten Dunst is a, is a like photojournalist trying to like document the war and then uh Wagner Mora from you know Narcs uh, Narcos and a whole bunch of other stuff is uh in there like he's, he's like a dad trying to like get his daughter <laughs> to to the war zone uh Jesse Plemons is like a uh very scary looking soldier for one of the like one of the factions he he looks like Todd from Yes. Uh, Breaking Bad. He's essentially mm-hmm. Todd if you just went to military. Todd found some crazy red glass sunglasses? I don't even know there's sunglasses. They're like like red-tinted glasses. Like you read at a Hot Topic. Yeah. But yeah, definitely looks interesting. I'm sure it's going to be like loaded with like social commentary along with some intense you know, war action, war scenes. I'm sure it's gonna be extremely controversial. I feel like it's already controversial, <laughs> with just with the trailer coming out, and then I'm sure there's gonna be like tons of you know hot takes and reaction videos when the movie comes out. I like it's a fun concept. I like the idea of of America raging out, and the enemy isn't some like Russian or North Korean or alien it, it's it's just regular americans who decided to just kind of go tribal they, this, this... they sort of do that in last of us where you see the ruins of like society bands yeah. and see they're like our 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 weird savager group versus their like ravager group so mm-hmm. it, it it's interesting because like that's fun in post-apocalyptic movies. Except this time, it's just regular America going to war on each other. There's no MacGuffin. Nuclear, like, devastation didn't happen. Fungus didn't go wild. Aliens didn't just turn off the power. So that's what yeah. I like about that. And this also kind of seems like... Uh like the DMZ like it's a like the DMZ adaptation we should have gotten because <laughs> like that was like a, that show was I mean, that, that in America DMZ DM, well, DMZ I think DMZ is like it's about a civil war in America but I think it's it's silly like really focused on you know like Manhattan because like Manhattan New York is like the DMZ area between like the two warring factions but yeah I mean the, the, sh- the show the show is fine but this 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 kind of seems like the like <laughs> A better explanation of that kind of idea, and that's going to be uh, April twenty sixth next year is when you can see that. Uh, definitely, every everything Alex Garland has done so far has been incredible. So I'm definitely super excited to see this and see what he's what he's up to. So uh, moving on, we also got some news this week about a sequel to Saw X. So we're getting Saw eleven or Saw XI next year uh they're, they're turning around super fast it's going to be uh september 27th next year is when saw 11 is coming out and no 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 word on you know casting it like if Tobin bell's going to come back again i would have to imagine hopefully yes because that was like the main reason socks was so good it's not uh, often be the new jigsaw just <laughs> Hoffman movie again. Do you like? Would you want it like another like like interquel where it's like between like other movies or? I, I, 
you and I always talk about like, we want the movie like after final chapter. Yeah, I want, I want you can you can set something up in a interqual and then halfway through it switches to the future and it's now after the final chapter and you basically have the three or four different jigsaw you know killers claiming that they are the true hair give me that a jigsaw like war between like the copycat the doctor the other doctor mm-hmm. and then hoffman mm-hmm. give me that i would love to see and then it's like them trying to either they're in a trap all of them themselves or it's who can dish out the most justice in their twisted ways now it to me think of it as if they they're not supposed to team up the that's the point is that they can't work together so they can't just form like this awesome saw team that uh that uh jigsaw did because mm-hmm. he he essentially recruited these people and either they were already kind of crazy or he made them that way but Hoffman doesn't work for anyone else. Uh, Amanda's dead. Uh, so what? Are the, I, 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 as much as like it says, like I don't need another like in between. In what is it called? Like it's already sequel to a in between troll. Like a so it's just more of that because it's still between the events of. Two and three. Two, one, two and three, what, yeah. Well, so. well Socks is between one and two. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where you would, like, jam another <laughs> story in. It seems like it's all in that same, like, timeline, too. So if they do another movie that's a two to three, it's just Donnie Warburg, like, growing his facial hair out, and then, mm-hmm. I don't know setting up the trap in three because three was like all around a city it wasn't in one location it was all around whatever weird city that that SWAT leader guy had to drive around I think that one was the one about the insurance I think I think the insurance one was like four or five no no specifically it was um Jigsaw's insurance guy, because he's the one who was making sure that the SWAT guy was doing things on time. Mm-hmm. It turns out he was in the game. That was the big twist about him. Yeah. Well, whatever they do with Saw Eleven, hopefully they you know learn the lesson of Saw X and keep it you know straightforward. Like, like, because that that's what made Saw X so good is like it was back to basics. It was just. You know, straightforward saw. They weren't trying to do any sort of like whatever, whatever they're trying to do with jigsaw and spiral with like expanding the lore or like adding like complicating the pre like the timeline. Just like, I mean, it did it did sort of t- complicate the timeline, but it like it didn't it didn't worry about any like it, just, it was just like a you know straightforward John Kramer game movie <laughs> with with simple with simple but like super effective traps. Yes. Though some of the uh, explanation of how he was able to do this in a day, kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I feel like he had maybe more than a day, but like, yeah, it was definitely it was a very short time frame to get all the this get this find this factory, rig everything up, rig all these like super complicated like 
uh, mechanical devices. Call Amanda, get her down there. Like ship metal and equipment down. Mm-hmm. Poisonous gas and an x-ray machine. Well, the x-ray machine was already there. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think he used a lot of the abandoned because like it was like the abandoned fake medical clinic had a bunch of stuff that he repurposed, but but for him to make an electric chair thing, that one was crazy because like who has that in a medical facility? Oh, it was a Iron Maiden electric chair, the one the guy had cut out of his brain. Yeah, mm-hmm, yep. I mean, still, great, great movie. Just you have to spend that much belief. At least in the Saw movies, you don't know when he's built these things. They're just already there, so they don't need to explain it. But in this one, it's a different country. He flew to this country ready mm-hmm. to set up shop. But yeah, we'll find out uh, in September next year if uh, Saw Eleven. You know, continues this upward trend, or they return to, they return to form for Saw, or if we drop back into the dregs of Jigsaw and Spiral. Which at some point you still need, like, you need to see Spiral, Chris, just to, like, experience just to, it. Just, but now that I know that basically there's light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. it's worth seeing. I mean, I mean, Spiral has nothing to do with anything. Like I know, it... it, it why did they call it the book of Jigsaw if Jigsaw didn't write this book? I think the only the only thing is is like the killer in that movie was inspired by Jigsaw. That's the only connection. There's no other characters that show up. Like there's no connections to the, like the timeline. He's a copycat killer. He's a copycat killer. Yeah, that's that's the only connection to like the actual like Saw main series. But yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll both be there in September uh, when Saw comes out. Saw Eleven. <laughs> see what see what's going on with it. Oh, uh, maybe they should stylize it call like Slevin. <laughs> Saw Eleven. Yeah. So uh, we also this week got a bunch of news about upcoming uh, Marvel Studios animated shows. Uh, what if is actually starting next Friday. Uh, we're getting the sixth season. Of what if, and then next year. We are getting three new shows. Um, actually, I, I think one of them might not be waiting for, but there's definitely two two new ones coming next year. So, X Men '97, which is the highly anticipated sequel to the Fox uh, animated series, is coming next year. We don't have an exact date yet, but it definitely is 100% coming sometime next year. Which I'm sure I think we're both like extremely excited for. We both we both love the original X Men series. Yeah, I, you know, in my head, I thought that series ran for, like, five seasons. It only ran for three. Mm-hmm. That's just, this is how big the impact was. It, was. it just feels like it was, like, like like forever and, like, it's massive. But it was, like, this a, a relatively short time frame. Yep. And it, then, it, and, it, and, and yet they jammed so many, like, X-Men stories into it. They did, like, the, the best Phoenix saga ever <laughs> on screen. They did... Uh, you know all the all these other Mojo World and all these other like uh, X Men se- stories. They explain Scott Summers' like father. They mm-hmm. just sort of connected that. They they did the Weapon X program. They did yep. uh, the, like Apocalypse, whatever he was doing with the Psychic Tower. 
Yep. I'm not sure that was... I don't know what arc that was exactly. Didn't they also have a clone arc where Mr. Sinister cloned someone, or is that just... I mean, Mr. Sinister was, Mr. Sinister was definitely there. I don't, remember, I don't remember exactly what he did. He was doing... I just know he I captured like, Gene and Scott. I feel like it might have... Like, I feel like, personally, I might, I might try to do like a, a rewatch of like <laughs> the entire series at some point before this comes out. Yeah, me too. I was thinking about doing that just because... I, I I can close my eyes and rewatch that first episode of X Men. <laughs> yep, it's morph. Because, yeah, the morph one. Oh my god! And then when he comes back later, yeah, I still remember when morph was he faked being rogue, and he then he's like, he kisses Gambit. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, too deep for your cover over here, morph. Did, were you? Yeah, just, I'm a method actor. It. He's very method. I get it. I want to kiss Gambit too. Very romantic, but just I don't. That was so necessary to infiltrate. Mm-hmm. Unless he was trying to take a book out of Mystique's page, but at least Mystique does it with style and doesn't give away the position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also the one episode that really stands. I mean, we'll probably do. But you know what? I got it. So. Before that, let's probably just we'll do like our own little review because we can talk about our favorite arcs and stuff. That's a whole another thing we can definitely tangent. Mm-hmm. So make that note. Make a note for that when that gets re- gets released. If we when we know like the, one, when we know the date, like we'll do an entire episode just dedicated to X Men the animated series. Yep, just let's have a massive review on that one. But yep. before we change subjects, uh, I forgot what toy company that is working. For with Disney to make the new toy line for X-Men 97, but they already spoiled one character. Just like, they already have this other character that they're just like, oh, we're also gonna bring her back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Goblin Queen? Okay. Madeline, uh, Price? I think that was her name? The Basically the clone of Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. So there we have a toy for her. That's gonna be a, supposedly appearing in X Men ninety seven. Yeah, X Men ninety seven is going to uh, pick up. They're saying it's gonna pick up right where the original Fox series left off. So I can't even tell you what the last episode was. I, I just no. don't know. Hopefully, hopefully this does well. Maybe we'll get a like Spider Man the animated series, like Spider Man whatever give me year. A special. Just give me a goddamn special or next across the Spider Verse. He appears in the background, just like flying around Madam Web, and 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 then just like a like a quick a quick line or just like a quick explanation, of like oh yeah, I, I found we found Mary Jane. It was fine, like she like because the show ends. Mary Jane is lost in like the fucking Spider Verse, and like they had they assemble their own Spider Team, and then it's just like Madam Web is just like, well, step into this portal, and we'll, we'll go on to our next adventure in the next season, and then it was like, nope, you're never, you're, we'll never hear from you again. Next, next time we knew, next time we knew, Peter was like hitching a ride on a rocket ship and going to like an animal planet. Super weird, right? I was yeah. thinking about that because I was thinking, is this in the same universe? And then there was no confirmation back then. The internet wasn't like popping with crazy theories or whatever. And then, do you even see Mary Jane in that unlimited version? I, I th- maybe I think I'm not sure. I don't. I, I don't. I think I watched like the first episode of Spider Man Limited. I was just like, I don't. I don't know. This is not. I remember weird. the first part. Like... I remember the first part too. The one thing I don't remember though is: did he end up in an alternate dimension, or is it just another planet? It was like 
I think it was like the Anniverse or something. It was like something where like, uh, oh, was it? It was it was Counter Earth. So it was like the High Evolutionary, like like uh, all stuff you saw in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three this year. Like that, that was Peter Parker ran into that like early in like Spider Man Unlimited. Like he was like dealing with like beast hybrids and the High Evolutionary and everything. But then there were humans because how did he not be Spider Man on that planet? Well, like, I think did, I think... did he get a job? <laughs> you know, I, the more I, I gotta watch it again before we just ask these questions, but yeah, super, like, very weird. And then like John Jameson's there, and and then he turns into the man wolf all the time. And well, he was in the rocket, so that made sense yeah. for him to be there. But he didn't also demand Peter for photos of Spider Man to sort of keep that motif going. And then some, somehow like Venom and Carnage showed up because they were like already there, or they like they also were on the rocket. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of Spider-Man, um, we're getting a new Spider-Man animated series next year. Um, it was originally called Spider-Man Freshman Year, but now it's called Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. And this is going to be a prequel to the MCU Spider-Man. It's basically what 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 Peter was up to before before we saw him in Civil War. So like high school, like Peter, like super early Spider-Man career. Uh, Tom Holland isn't going to come back to voice voice Peter, so they're gonna, they're getting a new voice actor. But uh, Charlie Cox is going to be on the show as uh, Daredevil slash Matt, Matt Murdock, so that's fun. And uh, it has a extremely like the, the art style is like extremely like Steve Ditko like sixties seventies Spider Man like like cl- like classic looking Spider Man stuff. So hopefully that's good. It's been a, it's been a while since we had like a, a really good you know Spider Man <laughs> animated series. Uh, yeah, because I thought about the last one I recently saw, and that was because I was hanging out with, like, kids, and that was the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, like, the, yeah. not that one like, kids, where it's, like, Peter, Gwen, like, Spider-Ghost, and Miles are all somehow the same age. I mean, Spectacular is, like, like probably the, the best, like, recent Spider-Man series. Still haven't seen all of that. Well, you can't now because it's not Disney Plus anymore. <laughs> they took it off for because of licensing uh, reasons. Themselves? Don't they own it themselves? It's so that weird. was that, that was a uh, Sony owns that show because that was like it was before the their deal with Disney and everything. So Sony basically has like full control over like where Spectacular Spider Man goes and <laughs> hopefully, well, hopefully, I, maybe hope, we'll... I hope it ends up on like PlayStation plus for free yeah it was i mean i think it was originally like it was on netflix it was like so, so sony has that deal with netflix for like a lot of stuff i do remember that I've and then they there too. and then they had that then they had that whole deal where like they brought all the you know the sam raimi's the amazing spider-man's the venoms all that stuff went into disney plus and i think that came like spectacular spider-man came with that but then i think the license for just i think just spectacular spider-man in particular like expired so then they're like disney didn't want to pay for that license again so they booted it off the service But yeah, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man is coming next year, and then we also got word about another new series, which I don't think is coming next year, but it's sometime, some point in the near future on Disney Plus. Uh, Eyes of Wakanda, which is going to be a Black Panther Wakanda animated series, that is going to be. It sounds like kind of like an anthology show where it's it's like every episode is going to be a, a new, like a, like Wakandan warrior through history. Like it's like the history of Wakanda, but like different like warriors who uh, take out the mantle. 
take up the mantle of Black Panther or like did other like you know important things for Wakanda. I'm fine with that. I, I feel like it's there was only one Black Panther show and that was on the BET where it was like that webcomic style. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm fine with more Black Panther animation that kind of explores not just you know T'Challa. I I, I like the like concept of the the nation and then where they where they stand in that world because the movie only briefly glimmers on that and then they are not mentioned in other major events like they, they have no interest in solving anything else it'd, it'd be cool like to... yeah oh it'd be, it'd be cool to the show um like if we got to see you know wakanda or like a black panther or something deal like if it was like go like really far back like you know victorian era or like um even like like prehistoric times or something, just like just go like like totally like hopefully there's like a lot of different time time periods, different like eras that we're seeing. Well, okay, so I'm not sure if it's prehistoric, but it was that no, one like, group that found the flower that they hint at in the first yeah. movie, mm-hmm. where they cultivated and then hid themselves away and then made a super society, but then kept everyone out. Uh. Yeah, no, I I don't know when they they would secretly get involved. Like besides doing black ops, doing those things that is just people telling other people about vibranium. Mostly it'd be that, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it would be essentially were... stopping vibranium black market people. Yeah, I think they're in, they're definitely sending people out to like you know get get intel or do do stuff for Wakanda outside of Wakanda. Yeah, there's no McDonald's in Wakanda, so they didn't do like, a good job. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, lots lots of uh, animated stuff coming to Disney Plus uh, in the near future here. So hopefully, hopefully it's all hopefully it's all great. And then uh, last bit of news for this week is that we got some uh, some word about a crazy new, uh, I think, uh, definitely a musical. I don't know if it's like going to be a Broadway musical or like off Broadway, but. Uh, there is a musical adaptation of The Lost Boys in development. Um, yeah, the Joel, Joel Schumacher, Kiefer Sutherland, Corey's Jason Patrick classic is getting turned into a musical. Um, Patrick Wilson is one of the uh, like uh, producers on it. And it's, it's being co-written by a bunch of people, including David Hornsby from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Mythic Quest. And there's a pop rock band called The Rescues that is, is working on the music. And then a, like, a Tony Award-winning director, Michael Arden, is also working on it. He, he, he directed a, music, a musical on Broadway called Parade. That's like one of the biggest uh, Broadway hits of like recent years. Like it, he won the, it, This year won a Tony Award for like best direction for a musical. But yeah, I mean, how do you... Lost, lost, I, First, the Warriors. We talked about the Warriors a couple months ago. That's getting turned into a musical. And now, the Lost Boys. Like, what, what is a Lost Boys musical? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, obviously, you have. Uh, I still believe as one of the songs. Or else you're, you've totally failed as a, a musical about the Lost Boys. <laughs> you get, you get some, you get someone to play Tim Capello and like just blast the saxophone at shirtless. <laughs> yeah, like. How often does he do that beach concert in that town that everyone comes out and has like a blast? 
Yeah. And then, like, the, like the, the Jason Patrick character, like, is, does he have a song about turning into a vampire? And then, Kiefer, like, the Kiefer character has, like, David has a character, like, a song about how cool it is to be a vampire. And are, are we going to get, like, a, a bunch of, uh, you know, theatrical blood? <laughs> Like it's, it's gonna be like a gore musical where like they get stabbed like just like there's like the splash zone, right? Right. It, it might be like more of a comedy, right? Because I feel like you can't be a serious Lost Boy thing. I feel I, when I feel like they, if, if they brought David Hornsby in, it feels like they're definitely like leaning into like it's gonna be goofier, like yeah, the tone. Like the songs are probably the songs are, the songs are all probably like funny and like like it's gonna be like. Yeah, definitely more of like a comedy. So I know right now there's still like a wait to see the Back to the Future musical. Mm-hmm. Oh I man, know. I saw I, I saw some of the, like they they had like a little bit of that performance at like the at uh the Macy's Day Parade this year. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that, but that 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 seems that I mean it's fu- it's definitely funny. Like there's like it's it's very self aware of like that. It's like a it should not work as a musical, and it's like commenting that it's a musical and, and how weird it is. Like there's a, there's like a line in one of the songs like Doc Brown's like I don't there's like like Mar- there's, Marty's like where do these girls come from and Doctor's like I don't know when I start singing they show up I don't know <laughs> so I hope it's something like that I hope it it like musicals that it it normally wouldn't be a good musical idea just because there are no musical numbers in the original and then the tone of it was kind of focus you know for that so the, the breakout in song and dance is just more of a distraction from just the goal because there's an urgency in lost boys like they're trying to figure out where the hell the like who the hell the leader is and then stop them from like taking the brother so for them to make a musical it's like oh so they're just doing their feeling or is it like, you know i mean there's like two flavors of musical there's are they just expressing their their feeling at the moment or they're doing like a montage musical where it's supposed to like speed up whatever the task is at hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lost Lost Boys is packed with songs. Like it's got like you know, people are strange, and I still believe, and, and there's a couple it's other like actual songs. So and I gotta pay, I gotta watch it and rewatch it again. But yeah, it's, it, definitely, it definitely seems like they're, they're like there's gonna be original songs. It's gonna be so and yeah, more more comedic, but. Potentially, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where this ends up. Is this like on Broadway or off Broadway, or where, where, where this like where you can go see this Lost Boys musical? Who's gonna Who's gonna star in it? Who's gonna be Who's gonna be the new Kiefer? Who's gonna be the, who's gonna be the Corys? Yeah, and, and no no word on when they think it's gonna you know debut or anything. This is like it's like extremely early days for this Lost Boys musical, but um. Yeah, every, every that's that's just seems, that seems like the thing that it's like the dominant musical now is just like we're, t- we're turning mu- we're turning like popular movies into musicals. That's what Broadway is now. <laughs> with like with like one or two like original ones sprinkled in like here and there, but like the the, the big ones are all like we said like Back to the Future and um, I mean, is Lion King still playing or is no, Lion King still there? Yeah. Lion King, Aladdin, like Disney musicals yep. are just a thing. It's, yeah. Eventually, a lot of Disney things just become musicals. 
It helps if they are already a musical. It just becomes like a super musical. Right now, I think Frozen's a musical on Broadway. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Catch Me If You Can became a musical. Get it. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm searching for like uh, movies that turn into Broadway musicals. Be, like, oh yeah, Beetlejuice. That was a big one. That's a big recent one, I think. Like, I think they're, they're doing like a Mrs. Doubtfire one and like a. Uh... Yeah, almost Famous. <laughs> Pretty Woman, Mean Girls. <laughs> mean Girls, like they're doing the movie based on the musical now. Groundhog Day, yeah. There, there was an American Psycho brought, brought a musical in 2016. Yeah, yeah, I did hear about that. They said that uh, it was like really hard to get off the ground and they mm. did more shows in London than they did the premiere in New York and it lasted like a year and then that was it. I wanted to see that one. That one was like stylish, but apparently, just the, there was no market at the time. Yeah, maybe someday we'll have to go see one of these, uh, like the Warriors or like the Lost Boys or something. Chris, dude, they do a, a thing in the fall where like it's half price musicals, like half price mm -hmm. Broadway tickets. You just you can scoop up these tickets and just sort of make it like a whole day worth i don't mind it, like, i'm i'm a fan of musicals when it's mm -hmm. entertaining when it's very dramatic musicals I, I just feel like uh please don't sing this sad song and then there's, there's more like miserable like yeah Mel miserable cats mm -hmm. uh like, people like cats but it's like if you look at the real meaning it's really goddamn sad yeah and i still don't want to see the live action one and i'm just not ready for that nope But yeah, so Lost Boys and potentially other, uh, you know, your favorite 80s and 90s movies are going to become musicals at some point in the near future here, so. Everything you love will become a musical. <laughs> yes. So that's it for news. So why don't we jump into show and tell. And Chris, you and I both watched Home Alone 3 for our big uh, Christmas slash December commentary for the site, uh, which will be up, uh, I believe, next week uh, on the site. So come back for that. But our, our our grand tradition of watching a Home Alone movie starting three years ago, we watched the first one, and then we watched two, and then last year we watched one of the most one of the worst movies ever made, Almost Be Home Alone. Just, and, and, I get mad. I think about that movie. And, 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 but Home Alone three is just right right in the middle there. Like it's nowhere near as good as the first two, but it's nowhere near as bad as the the ones that come after it. It's just like perfectly fine late 90s <laughs> kids movie yeah except this is the first home alone that we saw that had like a lot of guns more than you think well that's that's the crit like the escalation is crazy where it starts in like hong kong with like an arms deal where whereas like the other the, the first two were like oh it's it's the family's eating pizza <laughs> like it's like get to know his family and then this is like international terrorists are doing an arms deal 
Wait, the family wasn't even eating pizza. They only eat it at the end. Well, in the first one, they, the first one when like Joe Pesci's there and like they're, they're like waiting for pizza to show up, and that's like the whole oh. thing of like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's just because of the insane uh, family gathering that house. And then two, two, two. They went to. They had like the uh, like the school recital or whatever, or the school pl- like musical where like Buzz makes makes a fool of Kevin with like with the candles and everything. This family sucks. It's like that. There's many witnesses to show that it was justified. And then what happens next of that Bleacher scene is not Kevin's fault. That is straight up the engineering of that that Bleacher. The uh, the family in Home Alone Three also kind of sucks. <laughs> oh no, they were like they didn't have just like a bully brother. They had just bully siblings. Yeah, like so, like Scarlett Johansson is is a uh, Alex's like so like so Alex the Lens is the is the main character. Alex also uh, you probably know him as, as Max Keeble from Max Keeble's Big Move. But yeah, Scarlett Johansson is his sister, and then um, Seth Seth Smith is his brother. And they're like they're like a like this like weird unit of like they're like they have like a mind meld or they just, they just like do the same the same like torture like method to him of just like well it's like mind bullying and then it, it's mental games yeah and then on top of that it is as if they rehearsed the kind of taunts that they would do to their brother yeah they have they have a very like choreographed back and forth. Of what they're gonna like, what they're like, what each of them, like when when the other one comes in and what they're gonna say, and it seems very practiced. And like they've like, like meet, just meet in like the room and just like like work on like, all right, how are we gonna what, what are we gonna say like, like Alex's time to like uh, you know mentally scar him. <laughs> and then uh, then also like Alex's mom. Uh, it, 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 at first, it seems like oh, she's gonna stay home because because like the the big thing that like is like Alex gets chickenpox, so that's like why he's why he has to stay home from school and like why it's like uh like he's eating home alone left home alone. But then, like his mom works at like some sort of like business firm. We have no, I don't think we ever have an idea what what the hell they do. Or oh, no, is it real estate? I think maybe is she like a real estate agent or something? I have no idea. But yeah, basically, but she gets called in and she's like, well, I, I my son's sick, but I'll I'll do I'll come in once. And then, and then that's it. But then, the next, next, like next couple of days, it's like I'm just gonna go. I'm, I'm that, that worked out fine. I'm just gonna go work now. Like Alex, just fend for yourself. Like, yeah, because she pleads, like, okay, one day at worst, I would go and tough it out. Like, to... and, she, and, she, and she's very, she's like super insistent up to her boss on the phone. Like, if Alex calls, I'm leaving. Like, I don't care what the hell is going on here. I'm, I'm, I'm heading home and leaving. And then, but then. After that, after that, when she comes home, and then like next next couple days is like, well, I'm going to work, Alex. Bye. <laughs> like, turns out I love the workforce. Bye. Yeah, you're fine. Like, I, I get it, but the the issue though is your son is calling the police like every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is something where you really should not, like, I don't know. Whatever the dad's doing for his business trip. Does he own the company? What is going on there? And then the mom seems like she can leave when she wants because she was able to, like, go pick up her kids from after school later. And then, I don't know, she leaves, like, kind of late in the day. It doesn't seem like she leaves early because her kid, or her, her kids get on a school bus and she goes to work. 
Mm-hmm. So she's leaving like 10 a.m. to her job? I don't know. We're trying to figure that out because we can. This movie takes place over like a week. Po- Post Christmas, which is which is very like bizarre. So after for New the Year's, moment. right? Yep. Yep. It has to be. It has to be because Christmas and New Year's is only five days apart. So is this a New Year's movie? I know it. And then they have no decorations in their house. There's no. It's actually in the beginning. If you remember, she's putting away Christmas decorations. In, yeah. in the attic. I think I think it's like I think it's like it's like a week after Christmas. It's or, or like week after New Year's because like I think. It, it, at one point, they specifically like, asked, like, like, there's like a cab driver. They asked, like, "Oh, did you remember taking this woman to like from the airport on like, January sixth or something?" Yeah, yeah. Four, it's like four or yeah. six. No, mm-hmm. it's a movie. It's definitely a Home Alone movie that takes place after like the major holiday. It's just it's very unusual because like, the first two establish that it's a Christmas movie, and then this one says no. I'm not sure about four and five and six what? was a Christmas movie again. Well, f- like. F- well, five is. I think five is like the holiday heist. So that's like, like back. To, and then I think four is also Christmas. So this is like the only one that's not a Christmas movie, or that or that takes place like during Christmas or around Christmas. Which I guess, I guess they're they're trying to like yeah like set this one like really try to like set this one apart from like the first two. Like it's not Christmas. It's like it's like four four crooks this time, four like international terrorists instead of like just like. Petty dumb burglars, <laughs> but then, but then, the, like these like international like wanted criminals become just like what like like Three Stooges goofballs <laughs> like, when they face with this like eight year old kid. Who knew that's their weakness? Who knew a kid with like chicken pox would cause mm-hmm. this much problems? Uh, it's enjoyable at some point. I, I during the commentary, I complained about the lack of Chumbawamba, but it's just <laughs> that you see the trailer as a kid and you're like, hell yeah. yeah. And you, because I think the first two Home Alone movies are just in the trailer, all the music is just musical, so there's no lyrics. Well, or anything. well yeah, I think, it's John, I think it's John Williams' like score, which this movie like sort of has, but it's not John Williams, it's like a guy doing a, like a John Williams like impression. I think you said it, or or Penta said it, that this movie was uh, like scored by John Williams' like apprentice. <laughs> I think it might be a Hans Zimmer apprentice. Whoa! I think I think we, I think we mentioned like at certain points, like it, it kind of, like especially when like the terrorists are like doing like or like criminals are doing, like doing their like their like criminal stuff. It kind of switches into like this like very like Hans Zimmer esque like the Rock kind of like Crimson Tide sort of like thriller like thriller music and not like the whimsical john williams like christmas music well the spy music was awesome that's what i'm talking about yeah like like that's like that's like that that you see the hans zimmer like uh like influence influence on, on this like nick nick lenny smith who is the like composer like It did. It did have. It does have that bizarre Jimmy Fox cameo. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that was just like what was in demand. Because is that why we don't have Chumbawamba? Is because they have the <laughs> Jimmy Fox? And I, I looked at the soundtrack, and he is not on the soundtrack. No, actually, I think he is. I think he is. Sorry, the like Jimmy Fox experiment. Was, I think was the song. 
I found I found the music video. So like, uh, also ne- if you come back to the site next week for our Monday feature musical montage, you you can watch the Jamie Fox experiments music video. <laughs> Oh, yeah, just... I'm sorry. No, he is not. I I do talk about the soundtrack while we watch the movie. Mm-hmm. But Jamie Fox, they did they could not afford Jamie Fox. But it must have been like so, like because this came out in '97. No, it, it, like he, he didn't even have like an album. Like his his first album was '94, and then his next album was 2005. So it's like it's like a weird single or like just like. Hey, remember, remember that Jamie Foxx album from 1994? Let's, th- let's throw a song on there. <laughs> it's like, was the director a fan of Jamie Foxx or like, it's just, it's just, or like Jamie Foxx was like, hey, get me in a, get me in a, Home Alone Three. Really wanted to be in it. Because, because three, three years after an album comes out is like. Seems like you're a little, a little late to promote that album. <laughs> uh, I mean, unless the album did terrible, and then yeah. they just said, "Well, it's cheap and easy." I mean, it was it was Fox Music was like the soundtrack, so was Jamie Fox on Fox Music? Maybe that they're just like Fox was. Just, what song? What, what song do we that we do we own? Like what album do we own that we can just throw a music video, uh, like a random music video on that like annoying old lady? Okay. She, uh, she really, like, did not want her TV playing music. Which, which Alex somehow rigs up, uh, like a, like a rifle, like a BB gun rifle scope, like a, like a sniper scope from a BB gun, duct tapes, like duct tapes into a a TV remote, and he's able to change the channels, like, across the street. Through, like, concrete, through glass. Because the scope enhances the IR beam? I guess. <laughs> sure, that's how that works. Yeah, Alex. Alex is like, like, like. I think even more than like, uh, Kevin. Like a mechanic. Like his like technol like technological prowess is like crazy. Where, he, where he's coming up with like that, like yeah, that remote device. He's coming up with like wireless transmitters that like for a camera that like given the feed from a remote control car like like blocks down the streets. And then some of the traps are also like you know super like a lot more mechanical than some of the stuff Kevin did. So it's just like where where's like Alex learning this like you know technological knowledge, and mechanical knowledge. But yeah, we we, we get into all that in the commentary. So definitely check back to the site next week. Uh, you can watch the whole entire movie with us. It's on Disney Plus. So besides Home Alone 3, Chris, uh, did you watch anything else over the last week or so? I did. Um, uh, let's see. I I caught on Netflix, as it was a reminder that it's leaving, uh, the movie Dragnet. I have not, <laughs> it's been a so long since I saw that movie. The, like, like the, 19... The Dan, Dan, Dan Aykroyd, Tom Hanks? Yep. Wow. This okay. is another, drag, this is no, another they're, they're, Dragnet movie, but... There, there definitely was not... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I just haven't seen that movie in a long time. I remember like bits, but definitely, I've, I've never seen it. I've only the only thing I've seen ever seen from it is the insane music like video. Music, music video rap 
that Tom X did Acro do? City of Crime? It's still, as weird as that is, it's not bad, that City of Crime rap song. It's nothing I want to hear again. It's nothing that I want to, like, put on, like, I don't know, maybe put on for friends, but I have no interest in, like, listening to that. It is like an album or something. But yeah. he doesn't rap, he raps okay. For I think I, I think I, I think I think I originally saw that in um, Everything Is Terrible. They had that like they're like one of their movies was like like it's a rap or like uh, like like it was all just like terrible rap like white people rap and like all these like country rap all these like horrible rap songs and like rap like like uh, videos and they put like City of Crime in there <laughs> at one point. I'm like, wait, Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks? What the hell is this? I'm like, Again, oh, it's a drag that movie, yeah. So I didn't mind this movie. Like, it's I'm not a huge Dragnet fan. Like, I'm not, you know, I wasn't like, oh, a diehard Dragnet fan. It has to be like very serious. I like that they took the original material of it and they played around with it a lot. They played around with the concept of like you have a cop that is, it's a mix. I mean, if you, it's almost like uh, Turner and Hooch, Mm -hmm. but this time. Pooch is like Turner, and then Dan Aykroyd is like a cop from the like forties. Mm-hmm. So his manners, his his forwardness, his very loose—not loose, but like his very strict adherence to the law—and and Tom Hanks is supposed to be this like recluse, loose cannon. Um, not really a playboy. He's flirtatious, and and he is um like you know kind of a dirtier, like just lazy cop. So it's fun. Like they they have like a fun chemistry. Uh, I kind of wish they did more movies together. They have like this like rhythm in the comedy that I I didn't mind. Maybe because I'm fans of both of them, so I didn't mm-hmm. mind it. But I'm I I don't know if critics were the same. Uh. And I would say the person that really steals the movie, besides that comedy duo, is Christopher Plummer. He plays this very, like, awkward villain. And then that's the point of his character. It's it's very subtle in, in his, like, laughter and the way he portrays himself. Because Christopher Plummer, you think, is very stoic and, and almost, like, always playing the wise man and stuff. So you watch him play uh kind of like a mischievous pervert is different it, it it's there's like certain dialogue that i enjoy about him especially when he's like describing something and he has his like fake laugh but it comes out as like this awkward um like he's trying to be like this pg kind of mr roger tone but mm-hmm. if you watch the movie you'll get that he's he's trying to be like this more sinister guy, but his front is trying to be this, like, too awfully friendly. So, I like it. Uh, it's move- Dragnet, I've seen this movie when I was a kid, and it's been, like, so long since I, I really watched it, but it's... I'm not sure if it's gonna be great for other people, but I enjoy it as a fun comedy. It's definitely not, like, the best comedy movie, but in terms of a remake of a TV show that use the source material like properly because they they honor one of the original actors from Dragnet. 
the partner of the main character is actually from Dragnet is now the chief of the department with the original kind of partner guy like he retired and has passed away and now Dan Aykroyd is the nephew of that character and he takes up the mantle basically he is just Joe Friday and and he um he's a very like no nonsense cop so I enjoy it like it, it's kind of it reminds me of like how like a proper spoof but done well that it satisfies both the the new audience and then fans of the fans of the original but i don't know it, it, it again brady bunch movie set the perfect tone of taking a wacky concept that was a phenomenon and then make it even crazier for the 90s this was like the 80s version of that and i mm-hmm. I always thought in my head that the Brady Bunch did it first, but when you watch this, I think people, you realize that this Dragnet did it well, too. Uh, and maybe later on, Adam's Family, that era of remaking old 60s, like 60s through 70s TV shows into new IP movies, you know? Uh, Dragnet always gets forgotten in that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, I watched, uh, Obliterated. On Whole thing? No, I watched, like, the first three episodes. Okay. I, I haven't seen that yet, but... I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's, it's really good. And here's uh, one little major spoiler. Way more dicks than you think this, this show would show you. <laughs> like, way more penis shots than you're thinking. Mm-hmm. You'll see tits whatever right but i appreciate a good comedy that uses like a good like penis joke visual penis joke just like outside the box like just okay hey you know let's change it up i think you see a dick before you see boobs i know i i know you see boobs then you see dick like it's it's all like haha like i didn't know what the tone was gonna be because the violence is at least in the first episode very basic like it's very i would say like r it touches but as soon as you see a penis you're like all right this is getting to a new level uh but this this show is like the i gotta see what the creators were i, I forgot like when we talked about it coming out we were like what this is a show it, it's, it's it's the guys who made cobra kai Okay, so they have like great chemistry and dialogue, but now they don't need to follow um, kind of like a teen show. It's like, what if teens now basically had adult jobs and they were a crazy task force? So, oh, oh, like, it, it's two two Navy SEALs, one U.S. Army explosive guy, one Air Force Ranger, one U.S. Marine. Oh, not even Ranger, Air Force helicopter pilot, one NSA computer person, one CIA, and then one, uh, huh, I'm trying to forget who the other guy was, but yeah, no, it's just like, you know, the different branches coming together. Wow, I kind of forgot, so, I'm not gonna spoil it, but you'll see a character who, like, is so out of place in the sense of like what you would never suspect them to look this kind of crazy mm-hmm. so when they are in this doing this role it's it's great 
Uh, and yeah, uh, I recommend it wholeheartedly. It it it's takes it, this whole show takes place over like one crazy night, and the first episode sets the tone perfectly. But in the way that you think the show, the trailer might have shown that they might have gotten super wasted, they've only been like intoxicated for like. What seems like, like they didn't have a hangover night yet, where they basically did like drugs and drinking early, and now it's like they can't remember the night. This is them doing the party, and then it's like, oh shit, party's over. We need to go deal with this, but we're still like drunk. Where mm-hmm. half of them is are sobering up from the effects, the other half is the effects is now hitting them hard, but there's still more and more and more in the episode. Like different things kick in, like you know, all the drugs they took from here to kick in, and here's this, like, kicking in. So, but then, like, in order to, like, not be a constant, like, these people should be dead, but based on, like, toxicity, they, um, they have, like, uh, flashbacks to minor things, so, you know, to, to sort of explain other character things, so you don't need to, like, have these characters explain why they're doing this or whatnot because the, the first episode is just right as they finish their first their, their big mission that they've been working on for months so the movie the, the tv show doesn't really explain how everyone knows each other or whatever they're just like yeah we did it let's go drink yeah oh yeah, we're such good friends now I'm like like three of the guys really are friends everyone else is like they just met so that's why i'm like oh okay that explains a lot now so, you you gotta you gotta have to take it like with a little like if the first episode doesn't grab you, it's gonna be like I would say give it two episodes to get into it. But if mm-hmm. the second episode you're just not interested, like it's gonna be a harder thing. I don't think you're gonna have a problem with Zach. Uh, I also feel like you still haven't seen Fubar yet. Not yet, <laughs> no. So Fubar and this are very similar. They take like a very serious topic and just have fun with it. They, they, they play with violence, they play with sex, and, you know, it's a show for adults. Mature adults that want to say, like, fart jokes and then occasional dick jokes. I'm down for that. I'm, I'm definitely the target audience. There's, um, I'm pretty sure Cobra Kai doesn't have dick jokes like this. If they did, I'd be watching it more. <laughs> but, damn, Obliterated is something that I feel like they, were, they, they had to work up to in order to kind of tell this story. Mm-hmm. Because you, you just can't just be like, well, let's make this, this, and this. And it's like, well, no. Like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's such a crazy concept. And then with no portfolio to explain how you can tell this kind of story and then how you can escalate it. Just because the premise is kind of crazy, the, the villain matches proportionate to what's going on. At least in the first few episodes I've seen, there there is more to reveal as it goes. Like, it doesn't automatically show its hand. It's some other comedy shows where you basically know who the main villain is and it's them trying to stop this one person. This is sort of like a 24, you know? I think we talked about it in the past where this is basically what a Jack Bauer was just hammering. Like, oh, shit, I got, like, you know, 12 hours to sober up and fight this terrorist, but... That's essentially what it is. This is just 24 with, like, in Vegas, and them just not giving a shit. They are essentially, like, a lot of them are assholes. One or two of them are playing the straight guy, but it's funny when 
the straight guy his drugs kick in and then he's like okay no i i'm not i should not be the one telling what to do because i don't know where my feet are so it's fun and as someone who has been drunk i have never done a see like a convert mission before but <laughs> you know I, I feel like i can handle it they seem like they can handle it mm-hmm. oh also i didn't realize this but the guy that made harold kumar I mean, the guy, yeah, the guy who helped write Heron Kumar also did Cobra Kai, so that's why it's very similar to, like, a crazy one-night situation um, story. So, yeah, it does have that pedigree. You mm-hmm. feel it. Like, when you when you look at this movie, you feel the comedy go really well. Also... Yeah, he also, the, the group also made Blockers, which is another Netflix movie it recommended me. And so there's a formula. If you, I'm going through uh, Hayden and, and John and Josh's, uh, like the, the series creators, like mm-hmm. their writing and producing is just Harold Kumar movies, American Reunion, Cock Blockers, like Cobra Kai, and this movie called Plan B. Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it, they've been yeah, the tons tons of comedy stuff. They've been like very like recently like, you know, very highly regarded comedy. So, I definitely recommend it. It's definitely yeah, it's it's, it's definitely in my it's my list. It's my queue, so I'll get to yeah, it. I know. There's soon. so much time in the year today's so like like a top TV show, but if you can manage it but the problem is, if you only have this and Fubar to watch, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you just have to pick one and stick with it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, try to watch both at the same time because you'll burn out. Because <laughs> they're too similar. Yeah, they're very similar. But yeah, that that's it for me. What about you? So I watched a couple things. So I saw a really fun new documentary called A Disturbance in the Force, which is about the Star Wars holiday special and basically how that whole crazy mess got created and why it was created and like what like what what people were thinking when they made it. And it, yeah, it's, it's it's a super fun documentary. It's got like a lot of like comedians are there, like Paul Shear and uh, the late Gilbert Gottfried and Seth Green and Kevin Smith and Riddell and all, I mean, like so a bunch of like you know like ce- like celebrity comedic fans, Star Wars fans, but then a lot of people who actually like worked on it, like Steve Binder, like the director of the holiday special, is is there. Um, and so, some of the like Bruce Valanche is there. Like he like he like co-wrote that that the holiday special. He did. Yeah. Because he was because he was at the time like he was like one of the you know the main like you know variety show writers because that that's the whole one of the points they get into in the documentary is the holiday special didn't didn't get created in a vacuum like that whole era of the late seventies early eight like it's, it's, well I think most of the seventies but especially like like the late seventies it was there was just like everything was variety shows like all the TV was like variety shows and also there was way more crazy or corny or terrible like uh variety specials than the holidays like the star wars holiday special it's just like the star wars holiday special has star wars on it so that's why it's, it's become like infamous because just you know star wars is so huge but the, like, the, there's a whole montage in the documentary of like these crazy other 
terrible <laughs> variety shows with like a comedian and then it's like a Halloween special or some sort of salute to something and it's 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 all terrible. And there's also there's also a really fun uh Donny Osmond is in the documentary because uh it kind of seems like it was like the like the practice run for the holiday special. There was a Donny Marie like basically right after Star Wars came out. There was like a Star Wars like themed episode of Donnie Marie. And so they're like doing all these songs and like all these songs and sketches about about Star Wars. And, like there's like, like Darth Vader was there and C3PO and Chewbacca and R2D2. And so there there was like a lot there's like a lot of like precedent for like weird, strange variety shows. And then Star Wars Holiday Special kind of just like became like the like apex of it. <laughs> just like so so bizarre, so strange, <laughs> but but based on like the biggest thing in the entire world. <laughs> Interesting. And yeah, so a lot, so lots of lots of really great details about um, the people behind it, and got, got, like they they actually they dig into like each segment, and like there's like a lot of like fun inside like stories about. Um, like, you know, like there's a there's like the whole like Jefferson Starship section where it's just like a Jefferson Starship music video for like three minutes of the special, and they talk to like one of the guys from Jefferson Starship and it's just like like what we like what we you guys just showed up like what do you what, what do you what do you think like what were you guys thinking when you like shoot this music video and like what was that like and and then um one of the one of the guys that like dressed up in, in like as like, the alien in, in the ca- cantina for like the br sort of like musical number and he, he like he's the guy like i think he's dressed as like panda baba but like they don't call him panda baba in that <laughs> in the special but he's the one like grabs BR and starts dancing with her with her and then he, he was like describing his, his whole like experience on there where he was like almost like dying from the heat because like there was like the, no ventilation. Like the, the studio was like 103 degrees, and there was like no ventilation, no oxygen. Those masks they were wearing, so people were like like collapsing on the sets. It doesn't look like it'd be that hot, but I guess like they're filming in California. Yeah, and, then... and like a like a concrete like like a yeah. just like like a, like a bunker basically. Because I forget, like Star Wars, the first or second movie, like at least the first movie is just not in America, and then. The second, a lot, a lot of the wrap-up scenes in the first movie, and then I'm going to say at least the second movie is in London, right? A lot of that is just filmed. they felt, yeah, they felt that like I think Star Wars was mainly filmed in London, and then they were was you know on set or like on location in you know uh, Tunisia, I think, and a couple other locations. But a lot of like I can't remember the name of the, the studio, like the, the studio in in uh, London, but it's 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 a very famous like London studio, and that's where like a lot of the stuff was shot. But yeah, the, the holiday special was not shot there. It was, it was shot in like uh, somewhere in Los Angeles, in, in, in most like the cheap like the cheapest way possible. But then it also like it ran the shot for like <laughs> it goes into like the shot for like three days, and they were like over budget after three days. <laughs> but they only shot like three scenes. <laughs> So like basically right from the start it was like a this like massive disaster. But yeah, if you if you're at all interested in Star like this holiday special or just like weird bad movies or just like kind of that kind of like stuff, I would definitely highly recommend it. It's 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 super fun. I think you, you can rent it on like you know Amazon or Vudu and all that stuff. I think it's I think it's gonna be on Blu-ray and, and uh, DVD. 
like next week or by the end of the year, I think it's going to be out. Um, so you can watch it on physical media too if you want to grab it that way. But definitely super highly recommend checking that out. And then uh, I checked out on uh, Netflix, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Which oh, I don't think... Did you finish it or just I, 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 I finished the whole thing. Ooh, I only watched like halfway through, I think. The first episode? or so you, you, no, you finished no, the first episode halfway. yet? Okay. I, I got to just the... Um... Uh, what's the skateboarder guy's name? Oh, Lucas Lee. Yeah, he just he fought out because they they were filming him and he was dating as the the knife show like co star. Oh, so, so you got like halfway through the season, the series, like yeah, I told you. Halfway. Okay, okay, I think about like halfway through the first episode. I'm like, okay, no, no, I had to keep watching. I was like, what is going on? And then yeah, like I had to watch the next episode because I was like, I did not expect that. Yeah, so that that's, that's probably like the most interesting part of the show is, uh, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, but it it it's not a it's not a straight adaptation of the movie or the books. It it's like it's kind of like a what if or like an alternate timeline kind of situation where yeah, it, the first episode is basically like it it, 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 it everything kind of goes the way you expect it to go. You know, Scott meets Ramona, and then they go to the, they go to the sex bomb concert, but then. When Matthew Mattel shows up, he defeats Scott and seemingly like kills Scott, and and then it's just like, oh, we're, now where now where we go? Because <laughs> like yeah. now, the evil X is one, uh, like Scott's dead. Like what? what like what, what? What is this? Shit? What, is, what is this universe now? Yeah, like, and then and they, I like how after that they um they had to realize like now what do we all just take turns? Mm-hmm. Like Ramona. Well, that's that's like like tons. A lot of the fun of the show is just like seeing all these like new kind of like combos of characters or like like characters that you like didn't really get to like see a lot in the movie. They get like super expanded in the roles. Like, yeah, like so like Matthew Mattel basically takes over the like the league because he defeats Gideon and then Gideon like has to, like slump back to like Toronto and then he used to date Julie and his actual name is like Gordon Goose. <laughs> So there's the whole, the whole backstory, and then also like most of the show is like Ramona because it basically comes like kind of like a detective or like an investigator because she's trying to figure out. Cause she, there's evidence that like Scott didn't get killed, and then she's trying to figure out who like if someone like kidnapped him instead of like killed him, then where's where is he and like who took him? So then that's like the big thrust of the show is basically Ramona's like going around trying to like talk to her, all of her exes and talk to like suspects and try to figure out who's behind everything. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it becomes like a Ramona Flower show at times, yeah. mm-hmm. but I do like that they focus on other things. Like, it, you, you think it's going to be Ramona, like, she's going to become the main star. She kind of is, but they're, 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 at least the show takes the time to explore other things, which in the comic, they didn't. In the movie, doesn't. Yeah, to- it's totally different, totally different di- dynamics, totally different character combos that you never saw in any of the previous media are like getting paired up. <laughs> I did see um, one spoiler about that. I was like, what? Like, okay, I guess. But then, but then just, I mean, visually it's, it's incredible. Um, it's, it's, it's science. Saru is the, uh, the studio. I think they did, uh, devil man Crybaby. I think is their big thing. Right. Or, I know they did. They did some Star Wars Vision stuff. I know they did like at least one or two episodes of Star Wars Visions, and then, um, oh, they did, they did like okay, okay, let's be heroes. Oh, so, okay. they, 
so they did a bunch of stuff, but yeah, their their style it's it's like it's the Brian Lee O'Malley like graphic novel style, but then with like even leaning more, even more harder into like anime, and then it has it has like a full on like anime you know like Japanese like title sequence with like a with like a Japanese pop song for like the like opening title sequence, which is, which is great. Mm-hmm. All the, all the music is great too because like it's 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 all new songs. Like there's like a new Sex with Bomb song instead of like the ones. So it's, it's not just the stuff you hear from the movie. There's, there's like new stuff. You do, you do hear like, um, <clears throat> like at one point they play like uh, you kind of hear a little bit of like Black Sheep, but it's not like a full on like they don't just like play Black Sheep again. Um, and then like all all the Anamaguchi songs are great. It's 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 basically it's like it's like you you distilled every all the other Scott Pilgrim media. And see, it's basically it's like the art style of the of the graphic novels, the music from the games, and the cast in the movie, and then it's like thrown into a blender and combined, and now it's this new animated series, right? And obviously, the voice cast is incredible because they were they were great in the movie, and now they're they're obviously all great here. And yeah, it's just it's just it's just it's tons of fun. Like it's got great action. Like all the fight scenes are, are like super fun. It's got all the great. Like video game visual stuff, like I love every every episode when you when they start when t- when like the episode title comes up, it's like based on like a different like NES game. Like the font is like it's very I specific, like, super NES. Well, I think I think it's probably like a mix of both. Like like, like I think like the episode you mentioned, like the Lucas Lee episode, that starts with him is like like the title is like Skeeter Die. Yeah. Okay. And then I, I love like his like the episode when it starts out and it, when he's like skating to like United States or whatever. Like I love how it's shot like a, like a CKY like '90s like skate video with like fisheye lenses and all that stuff. And then I like how it's kind of like a reflection of how Hollywood will treat these people, mm-hmm. where they're hot for one minute, then you're not. Oh, so did you get so you got did you get to like the mockumentary episode yet or no? Is that, mm, that might be after. I think I think it's probably if you watched like the, the the one where like it starts up with Lucas and they're shooting the, like they're shooting like the movie, <laughs> the Scott Pilgrim movie, where he's playing Scott Pilgrim. I think the next the next episode is like it's like a mockumentary of, about like the making of that movie. I see. Wow, that's so, like really the, quick. So like the whole the whole like style changes and it becomes like a like a document like a mockumentary like interview with, like everybody. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's like it's, it's like it's, it's like really meta too about um, where like young Neil wrote a, somehow writes a screenplay that that is like that is the that is like the actual Scott Pilgrim story about like what if hey what if Scott beat uh, Matthew Patel and like beat all the evil exes so it's like they're they're making a movie that we know that we we've already seen is like the actual movie but then in this new like timeline is like the weird alternate. Like timeline to them, like the weird like what if of like, what if it happened? What if Scott won and he was still around, so, not dead? Like, I uh, I had to explain to Janice about that because she's never seen Scott Pilgrim, like the live action Scott Pilgrim. So I had to explain that like I had to stop showing her this. I was like, we have to watch that movie. I feel like you have <laughs> yeah. to watch that version or read the book in order to get this. Yeah, I feel I feel like like you definitely need to watch. I feel like you definitely you need to watch the movie because, like, it, the show like the anime show is so much more fun when you like know, or you know the original dynamics, and then you get to see like the new the new like 
character pairings and like the new stuff that's going on. Like, because well, they you don't, you just think this is a regular thing. Yeah. And all, all like all the inside jokes and like all that stuff. <laughs> I love the um the director of like the the fake movie is Ed, Edgar Wrong. <laughs> is that Edgar right? <laughs> and he's just like a ridiculous goofball. And yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's just it's 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 fantastic. Like definitely, if you if you're a Scott Pilgrim fan, it's a must watch. You need to like watch it if you haven't if you haven't started watching it yet. Um. It's just yeah, it's just it's like it's like all all the best pieces of different Scott media, Scott Pilgrim stuff combined into this new thing. So that that fantastic definitely check that out. And then last thing I saw is I finally got to see uh, Godzilla minus one because that expanded last week. I think it's expanding even more this week because it's been killing at the box office. And uh, I think I think Toho basically said like if people keep coming out, they're going to keep expanding it, and keeping it in theaters. So if you want to see it, head out and see it. But yeah, this is a fantastic Godzilla movie. Um, probably one of the best Godzilla movies I've ever seen. And it, it like it's great because it has like actual like interesting human characters, which you normally don't really get in Godzilla movies. You kind of get like either like like okay but not really interesting characters or like terrible <laughs> boring characters um but all, all the human characters in this movie are like they're like super complicated and like have like they have like really interesting backstories and like personal drama they're dealing with and it's very dramatic like it's like like all like the main character um is a kamikaze pilot in world war Two, but then he kind of he didn't go through with like any like his mission and, and then um obviously survives the war but then when he gets back to like Tokyo or like um like his, his like you know home city everyone's just like you should you should you should die you're 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 a, you're a disgrace you're, oh, you're you a survived the war? How dare yeah you like where's you're, you're a coward you're you're a coward you should you should, you should have come back so he's the, so he's dealing with like that kind of like pressure and like PTSD and but then he also like he also survived like an, like a Godzilla attack at the end like toward the end of the war. Um, oh, like Godzilla was already doing its thing before. Well, it was um, kind of like like proto Godzilla. It was like you know Godzilla Saurus kind of. Oh, okay. And then the you know the the bikini atoll nuclear test transformed like the Godzilla dinosaur into Godzilla, and then. And then, so and then, Godzilla shows up. So, so it's, Japan is already, but Japan's been like totally devastated by World War Two. Like, you know, Tokyo's is like in rubble. Uh, the, the, the Hiroshima, Nagasaki had nuclear bombs dropped on them. So, like, Japan is basically has nothing it, 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 during this movie. And then Godzilla shows up <laughs> to like and destroys it even more. <laughs> Which that, that that's kind of like, that's, that's where you get like the minus zero, uh, uh, minus one. Uh, title because, like I think the trail like, tra- was kind of explained it. Where like po- post World War Two, like to- Japan was at zero, like basically a like, zero state because they're like totally devastated. But then what happens? What happens when like you're at zero and then Godzilla shows up? You're like you're, you're like you're less than zero. Like you're like now you're you're minus like devastation, like total devastation, you're, like somehow beyond total total destruction because Godzilla's here now. Um. And then also, and it's also like it's like how's Japan 
because uh, they've been like you know they have all their military might got like almost, like decommissioned by the U.S. after after the war, and so they basically have almost almost like no defense against Godzilla. They have like a couple a couple ships that they they can like that were like bound for a scrapyard. They can like scrap slap together and try to like use them to stop Godzilla. And they have like one plane that they like put together. I was hoping the surprise is that they accidentally invent like the first Gundam <laughs> or something. Like they'd make a, a, a mech. Yeah. But they don't. No. Uh, is but Godzilla, yeah, but, Godzilla the only thing in this movie that's just like rampaging, or it's just he's yeah, just being it, a dick? Well, it, it's 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 like a return to Gojira Godzilla, where it's like Godzilla is like a force of nature in this movie, where he, he's just unstoppable. You don't really, you don't really like, you're not really, oh, you're you're not really sure like why him. he's survive him. Yeah, you have to, like he is like a natural disaster that is just like unleashed on Japan now. And I think I think definitely like one of the most like terrifying Godzillas ever, uh, especially like with like his atomic breath like generates actual like atomic explosions. Oh, that, that's not good for that radiation. Though. So, so like like so like Godzilla like like breathes fire onto like a building and then like it's like full on mushroom cloud like shock wave like, every, like people getting sucked into like the blast like. I don't think I've ever seen like Godzilla's like atomic breath like portrayed that way, which is like like it's like actually generating like nuclear explosions. Yeah, usually it's just blue flames. And there's such like a like a like a build. There's like a build up to like before he does it, where like his spikes like spikes on his back start like popping out, and it's like so it's, it's like this like slow dread building of like oh shit, Godzilla's gonna, like the, like Godzilla's gonna use his breath, and and every time he uses his breath, it's like a major like oh shit. <laughs> Like, it's not just like in like the other movies where it's like, yeah, he's like using like blow one building, and like he's blowing up entire cities with his breath in this movie. <coughs> so, and then all everyone, everyone's fight, they're trying to fight him with like fishing boats, and like um, our main character uh, gets a job trying to like like sweep mines from like the like you know because like the Japanese Navy and the American Navy like laid so many mines in like the ocean around Japan and like in the like. The, the waters during the war, so now they so now they're trying to like like get the mines back and like either detonate them or like get them back and like uh, remove them from like the ocean before they like destroy like civilian boats. So, like one of the, one of the big like Godzilla sequences is like Godzilla's like chasing them like kind of Jaws style, and they're trying. And they said that the only weapon they have is like is like the mines they collected. So they're trying to like, throw these mines at the Godzilla and try to like blow him up with it. Which that's, I mean, so it's like there's like great human, like human, like personal drama and like actually like interesting characters, but also like balls to the wall, crazy Godzilla <laughs> action. So it's it's, it's it's like the best of both worlds. I see. Uh, and I, I don't know what would you prefer in your Godzilla movie, where he just sort of bothers the crap out of humans, or he is drawn to something to fight. I mean. I, I mean, I guess I mean, it depends. Like, I, I mean, I like I like both. I, I like you know, Force of Nature, like you know, original like Gojira Godzilla, or like, like this one. But then it's also it's also fun when he's like kind of like the anti-hero. Like he's our only he's our only chance against like an even worse monster, like a, another monster. So he's so he kind of becomes like our like our savior, like our like in like you know like in the legendary movies like uh 
like uh like King of the Monsters or something where it's like oh got <laughs> like Godzilla's like the alpha that we have to like re- rely on to like stop that these other like monsters are coming. Okay. Oh, but then, also, like this movie is becoming such a cult phenomenon about this. Yeah, it, it, it's been dominating that I was kind of curious that like there was a surprise twist in the middle where like I don't know a time portal opens up or like. No, it's it, it, it's it's super straightforward. It's just it's yeah. Just... I I, I oh, suspect that I thought it'd be like because I heard there was like very limited budget in this movie too compared to other movies. Oh yeah, it's there's they said it like the report said it was like fifteen million, but then the director's like, man, I wish I had fifteen million. <laughs> so it's even so it's like even it's probably even less than fifteen million, which is like already for like a super special effects like blockbuster, like where you're like it's like render Godzilla. I mean, and, and then and Godzilla looks fantastic for whatever the budget was. Like Godzilla is looks awesome. Like he, the way he moves and everything is is great. Um, he, he moves like, like old school, like, uh, like kind of like Gojira or like very very stiff, stiff. Like, yeah, he's not like, uh, he's not like jumping around. Like, like he's not nimble. He's like just very systematically just like stomping his way through the the cities. Uh, He's picking up so many cars and throwing them around. Like, it's like, it's, it's very classic Godzilla, uh, but like kind of evil Godzilla, like force of nature Godzilla stuff. And it has it has the like you know it has the the classic theme. It's got like the the Godzilla theme. So when he's stomping through the city, it's just like, dan 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 with the Godzilla theme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 awesome. I would, I would say if you're a Godzilla fan, go see it as soon as you can. It, and it's probably playing near you now because it's been expanding like every week. And it'll probably it's probably definitely gonna be on my my like top ten of the year for my favorite movies. I'm I'm still working on my list, but it's it's definitely uh it's gonna be on there somewhere. So uh yeah, so that's what I've been watching. So definitely uh yeah, see Godzilla and then um come back to the site next week uh for Home Alone three and head over to the site for all of our usual other stuff. We've got uh all the trailers we talked about, we've got features. We put up our we finally put up our uh, Retro GameCon X uh, trip report. So if you want to see what we did back in October in Syracuse at Retro GameCon, you can check that out. And we'll probably have a, we'll have a PAX Unplugged uh, article up Shortly. sometime in your future. Yeah. This year? <laughs> sometime this year, maybe, or early next year? No, this year. I, I should It'll be, be this year. Okay. This year. And yeah, all, all the other stuff up the site, however, check all that stuff out. And uh, yeah, so for Chris, I'm Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.